Welcome into another edition of the Tailgate Podcast. I am Aaron, joined by Ty and Duncan. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. We had a rough week. Well, Ty's having a decent I'm week. Having a great week. You're having a, yeah, you're having a great week. Yeah. Uh, overall, off-screen, off-screen week. Uh, and betting as well, though. That is true. I had a really gr- gross parlay that paid out. <laughs> <laughs> what, $5 and paid you one thirty? is that right? Yeah, one thirty. That's awesome. It was on like, the, the Chargers, the Browns, the Giants, and the Texans. Uh, Just take it all back. Yeah, yeah, yeah we saw that. That's why it's the Browns. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that, but I don't think the Browns are as bad as we Call me trash me, because I'm uh, uh, Updated standings before we get into talking about the week's games. Uh so far, we have one game that's just about to start to play. Uh, Ty is in the lead now, 20, well, he stays in the lead, I should say, uh, 20 and 9. Duncan is 18 and 11, and I'm 17 and 12. Uh, Ty went uh, 3 and, sorry, 3 and 2 in the five games that have been played. Duncan went 2 and 3. I'm still promoting for a half point because there's I, no half points. I'm promoting for a half point. There is I not. said bet the Raiders that's... to cover. I didn't expect that, but the Raiders technically did cover. Well, that doesn't count towards our thing. So, round two and half points. Don't get it. Okay, it's okay. this week, too. It's fine. They were on a bye, but they won. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a half point for that, too? Yes. <laughs> they just want uh, this millennial over here just wants to be handed points. This is handicapping, right? <laughs> doing this? Uh, also, yeah. side note to everybody, if you see us looking up that direction. Yeah, that's we are really watching football on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. On a Tuesday. Tuesday night football. But the last game, obviously, that we have uh, to round out our pick on this week is the uh, Bills-Titans game, which Ty and I have the Bills, and Duncan has the Titans. So Duncan can pull within one game of Ty, or I can pull within one game of Duncan based on mm-hmm. the uh, outcome of that. It's going to be fun. Right. I should say it's stay within one game of Duncan. Yeah. Hard to anyway. uh, but talk about the games this week. Uh, Bucks, Bears, that threw all of us off. We all had the Bucks, Man. Bears with uh, Big Dick Nick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady forgot what down it was. Yeah. It happens with old age. Yeah. I mean... He did move so down to Florida. We talked yeah, about the age wall. We talked about the age wall. Yeah. I mean. Drew Brees, shorter pass? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the shorter pass is very sexy. But uh, <laughs> Bears, Bucks. Bitches love my short pass. Man, Khalil Mack. <laughs> wow. 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 Uh, Still in case anybody but, forgot. <laughs> he hip-tossed Tristan Wirfs like he was a rag doll. Tristan Wirfs having an all-pro caliber year as a rookie. And cool, Mac made him look like it. Yeah, Vince McMahon apparently saw yeah, that and already like just drooling at the mouth. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm like, like that hip toss, I need that. <laughs> when, when you say ragdoll, it is exactly yeah. as it sounds. He took a 320 pound man and yeah. made him a ragdoll. And, and, like, and as, like, on, podca- or on podcast, on air, before mm-hmm. the game, they were talking about how great Tristan Wirfs has been. Oh, he's, he's been phenomenal. He's been that, that play has no bearing on that. He is literally. Yeah. One of the top performing left tackles in the mm-hmm. league. That's the highest rated rookie tackle. Right. And it's making Dave Gellman look even stupider mm-hmm. because. Stupider. More stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy. More stupid. There you go. Uh, because Dave Gettleman took Andrew Thomas, who was the worst rated 
offensive tackle in the league ahead of Tristan Morse. Also, let's go back. Having to said that, the real just quick side note, I think were you about to say the same? How high we are, are were on Tristan Wirfs coming out? No, I was going to say that Andrew I'm Thomas caught a touchdown pass this last yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Thomas so, did he get a touchdown Love that guy touchdown. You got to love that. But he I was, is still a garbage tackle. I was sure he played tight end. No. He's athletic. <laughs> uh, what I was actually going to say was going back to our one of our original podcasts with the whole uh, uh, the whole draft day was how high we were on Tristan Wirfs and how we were like easy. how low we were on Andrew Thomas. He said how low we were and how Wirfs was so much better. And this is showing. I honestly... Thinking of the tackle, like, based on how they've played, Becton's played well, Moses has played well, uh, Wills has been phenomenal. He literally picked the only guy he shouldn't have picked. Becton is... Yeah. Like, any of those guys would have been way it, better. Well, we, we said on that podcast where it's like, uh, Andrew Thomas had, going into the season, the best offensive tackle grade yeah. in the draft, but all the players that... Or, Thomas did not have the highest grade. That was a huge reason. Well, but we were, but we had talked about how like oh, the draft process leading up to the combine, not having everything else. All that stuff. Thomas had been listed as the top tackle on most of the mock drafts. Yeah, I don't remember him. A lot of them, because I remember we talked about it during the podcast. Like, workshop. We felt that this was, and maybe it was just an agreement. Maybe it was just a conversation with Ty and I because we were all just kind of switching in and out yeah, during yeah. that. But um, Ty and I had both seen several of the mock drafts that had Andrew Thomas listed as the third best prospect in the draft on several of the mock drafts and the prospect boards, right. and that we thought maybe this was a result of not being able to bring in kids for workouts during COVID, and the Giants just going with, well, we had him on our, at the top of our board in February, so we're just going to stick with him now. And he's that guy that, like, when you see him standing there, and you see his measurables, and you're like, yeah, looks good, checks out. Yeah, but, watch the tape. Yeah, man. exactly. It, like, watch it like, his worst. last no. game before the combine, uh, where A.J. Epineza made him look Silly. stupid. Yeah. Like, he looked like he was a true freshman going against a fifth-year senior. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, but, yeah. That game, though, going, getting back to where we were, the uh, Bucks-Bears game, Not, I don't think a lot of people expected that. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, Brady went for the big play instead of checking that. He did have a receiver open mm-hmm. that he could have checked down. Still probably got him uh, first down. Uh, so... What can he do? I mean, he went he went for the big play. Uh, right. It's not always going to work out, but we can probably say now uh, Nick Foles is going to finish undefeated in his career against Tom Brady. Probably. Um, barring, him, barring him being like the Falcons quarterback next year, which hey, or possibility. Or if the Bears and Bucks plan get me meet up in the playoffs. True. Very true. Uh, moving on to Sunday night game was. Bit, <laughs> that. Oh, I mean, we're talking four and one and I mean, three and two. Yeah, it's so. definitely possible given where, where they're each yeah. at. I mean, I don't think the Bears make the playoffs, but you never know. I, I was going to say, you say wild cards, but I still might win that. Yeah, I mean, there isn't an extra wild card spot. So yeah. They could be the seven. I, I, I totally see the winner of the AFC South going just, like, not, you know, maybe ten. You remember when I picked that there would be three teams in the playoffs out of the NFC South? Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, was one of them the Falcons? It's very much. Yes. So here's the thing: it's very I much still Falcons in play. Seconds. But <laughs> that's very much still in play because of how well the Carolina Panthers are playing. And yes. we're, true. Hey, Raheem Morris, Falcons, eleven and five. Here we go. Baby. The rest <laughs> of the season, just did. We've just seen Raheem Morris in that division. Yes. I used, yeah. Not not good. Not good. Uh, but moving on, to my only win this week so far. Uh, <laughs> the Seahawks. Woo! Thank you, Russell Wilson, for your game winning drive right now. Zero and five. Imagine sitting We all hit the Seahawks. Yeah. I'm not I yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. But, I mean, it would be 0-5. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm the only one. That is, that's their only win. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, sorry. Speaking of like we talked about in our uh, group chat. How much like shitting a brick at the end of the game, like they're about to lose the life. They are about to lose the But I mean team oh, as we saw this week, teams can lose to teams they're not supposed to lose to, Duncan. Um We'll talk about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that a little bit. Houses Russ did what Russ does. Russ came big, came up big when given the moment. And, just like he always has, against Kirk Cousins. I guess now, other than that helmet. Here's what I'm going to say is Cousins <laughs> actually played his ass off, especially in the oh, yeah. He played yeah. the best game he's played all season. Right. And the, the uh, tie did not turn to Cousins. No, no, no. And you saw what the, what, when the Vikings got the ball in the fourth quarter uh, after the Seahawks got up and then to, to end up going up by, uh, were they up five or seven? Yeah, 26 21. So they were up by five. Yeah. Um, but the Vikings went on then like a five, six minute drive, like took up all the clock, only left Russell with a little over two minutes to go. Yeah. And I think it was a little under. I actually think you're right. It was just under the two minutes. It was under the two minutes. Or something yep. like that. Yeah. And so, and that's that's basically. I mean, you never want to give a quarterback like Russell Wilson two yeah. minutes left, mm-hmm. but that's still better. better than giving, that's still minutes. that's still better than giving him four minutes left right. because Russell will run down that four minutes yeah. and not give you a chance. You have a better opportunity with a minute and a half. Sure. And mm-hmm. and DK Metcalf made some phenomenal plays, including that touchdown catch on fourth down. I mean, that was the, one of the most clutch catches that I think we're going to see well, all season. Mm-hmm. Once they got down to like the the five yard line where they scored from, was there any down your mind that they were going to? No, 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 no. But uh, then when it went down to fourth down, though, I did start to say, can, can Minnesota pull this off? Like, is this... Oh, a bad bounce leads, leads to an interception by Tennessee. Weird. Wow. Josh Allen doesn't do that ever. It was a bad uh, bounce. You know, I know, but still. <laughs> it was Josh a receiver Allen bad bounce. Doesn't, doesn't throw, like... Well, he'd, he'd throw, like, even the simplest passes. That's like, only his second season. <laughs> they just flash. I get that. that screen, I can read. But he also... So look at that. Look how much... Right. He, put, he, puts a, he has multiple fumbles per game, almost, is what it seems like. If he would have put it in front of the receiver, it's probably fine. Yeah. Uh, and if he would have had maybe a little more I touch, think, too. For yes. me, watching this game, the breaking point, and when everything started shifting uh, as far as momentum, was the Dalvin Cook injury. I think it comes down to that, because that was when Seahawks go, oh, we don't have to worry about stopping this guy. And even though Alexander Madison had a game, 112 yards and a they, touchdown. They had another running back that actually put up some yards, too. And uh, his name escapes me right now. Ham? Did you ham? Uh, the fullback, he, yeah. he had some numbers, but they had, they had another guy in the rotation, too. I mean, they uh, were, I, yeah. They I, were running, like, the, the, the Vikings showed some strong running back depth. Yeah. The um, the thing, like, oh, uh, Mike Boone? Yes. Mike yep. Um So that was, like, the thing was when Dalvin Cook went down with the throwing thing, and apparently the MR so it's fine. We'll see what happens. Obviously, he's going to miss at least one week or not. But when that happened. Runs are tricky, man. Yeah. When that happened, that was when Seattle had this like light bulb go off and be like, "Hey, we can still win this game because we don't have to worry about stopping this guy." Because right. they had no answer yeah. for Dalvin Cook, none whatsoever. Right. My no, he's one of yeah, no, he's one of those guys that once he gets going, good luck stopping. He's, I mean, from that draft, he was I think both of our favorite running back from yeah. that draft. I mean, that was the, the draft, right? The C, yes. the Seahawks are very much looking like the Chiefs did in 2018, where they've got him. The most explosive offensively, the quarterback who is absolutely hitting on all cylinders, but a defense that once you get in the playoffs, that's going to, unless they clean things up, really tighten up that defense, that's going to scare the hell out of you because you can, regular season, you can win shootouts left and right, but right. defenses play so much better in January and February that unless Seattle's defense steps it up, somebody will knock them off. Right. 
Yep. Uh, moving on to the Monday Night Football game. Uh, just so you guys know, the Chargers are still due. <laughs> they are still due. That's what I yelled last week. The <laughs> Chargers are due. I know. And yeah. Just, um, <laughs> the Chargers are still due. They uh, yeah, lost to the Saints. Uh, the Chargers? No, you picked the Saints. I picked the Saints. Yes. Oh, you and, or actually, you and Duncan picked the Saints. It was me and the guests okay. that picked Chargers. Oh, right. Um, but I saw a really funny the Chargers uh, comparison. <laughs> so, <laughs> someone online put, the Chargers are just like the Seahawks, if the Seahawks always lost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so do true. that they like that. close games, <laughs> comes right down to the wire, and the Seahawks finish the game. And the Chargers don't. Yep. They, they just choke at the end. But man, uh, oh, God. Herbert so is more and more proven. Like I think, I think he's going to be a guy. He's going to be a guy. In I did too. That he's going to be a, a. I'm, I'm agreeing with you after after five weeks. How often does this happen? To I you? am sitting here smugly. I'm uh, and the stat that won me over, honestly, it's not like his overall stats for those games. He was pressured. On 20 of 38 drops. His elusiveness in the pocket is unreal. And he has the most touchdowns on Monday Night Football for a rookie ever. Um, so that helps. But if they can stay healthy for a couple years, like this team can be scared. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, they definitely yeah. need a little bit more protection. If the weapons are there, the defense is there when it's healthy, uh, he's going to have some great rosters down the line. And, uh, yeah. Another issue with that game that you mentioned. On the Saints side, they can have Drew Brees for some key third downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think Sean Payton's realized the loss there. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is like, uh, so Broncos kind of did the same thing toward the end of Peyton Manning's career, where he would come out for important drives and stuff like that, um, and then he even missed a couple of well, games. Well, no, that he got benched. Yeah, yeah he yeah. straight up got benched against the Patriots yeah. for Osweiler. Osweiler yeah, stayed yeah. benched against the Chiefs. Right, yeah. but that's like, um, oh man. They pulled him I think out. it was he got benched against the Chiefs, and the next week Osweiler got the start against the Patriots. Yes, that was it. Because yeah, he, he got his like passing yards record or something like that against the Chiefs yep. in the first quarter, and then he proceeded to just get annihilated yeah. by the Chiefs. If I remember correctly, I think it was three super important third down plays, and they pulled free and put Taysom, and ran gadget plays, and they and he even threw a pass. And that's all. But, but that's all. But they oh, he threw a pass final. Yeah, he threw a pass. Um, and I think it was complete when they ended up moving the chains. But the thing is, they were like, wow, we do not trust Drew Brees no. to finish out the drive. So that is that is what you need to take away from this Saints game. In fact, they do not trust Drew Brees right now. Another fun uh, thing that I saw online about that game is someone, someone uh, too, they're like, uh, is it bad that we're hearing Jameis Chance in an empty arena? Oh. Jameis for Jameis. Hey. It's wow. almost there. I think it's. I think it's. I think we're closer to the calling for Jameis than uh, what people. Oh, like we, yeah. Okay. With the way Drew Brees has been playing, I, yeah, I one hundred percent wholeheartedly yeah. agree. Yeah, he's not good. Like, this, how must that feel as a Saints fan sitting there watching Jameis? Like, ha <laughs> Jameis screwed up again. To all of a sudden, a year later, you're just like, we Jameis! come on, we want come on, replace Drew Brees with him with that guy. Come on, Jameis replace him as a game changer. Guys, I'm telling you. Uh, then moving on to another fun game or fun-ish game. I had a great game. Uh, this one. Browns Colts. Yeah, Browns. The Browns might be for real. They might. Be. I think they are. I think the Browns like their their offensive line is incredible. Fancy uh, is uh, getting what he needs to out of here. Go figure. When you spend a first round pick on an elite offensive tackle, and then you go and sign a free agent elite offensive. 
that's a and technical. get a way better play caller. Mm-hmm. The, like the play caller. Oh my gosh. Right. You use your weapons, which they were not doing last year. You use your weapons. You play to win the, the game. game. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's uh, Stefanski is way better. Yes. Play um, than before we go any further, I have something to say. Yes, Ty. You I need to, you need to atone for your mistakes right now. I need to get something off my chest. So I really just wanted to bring this, you know. This game so much for uh, you know I wanted to bring it centered. Um, I have written a formal apology, and I will read it now um, on behalf of uh, myself. Thank you, uh, dearest tailgaters, gators, whatever, whatever our fan base is going to be called. I like tailgaters. 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 I don't want or gators. Just gators. Yeah, I don't like gators. That's like we're not for them. They're going to be tailgaters now. So, dear, dearest tailgaters. I would like to formally apologize for my behavior this offseason. It was not professional of me to lock on and to support Philip Rivers. I am truly sorry from the bottom of my heart. I know how much this has affected all of us from playoff win versus the Ravens a couple years ago when my eyesight were just zoned in. I've been captivated by your poor mobility and dying strong arm. I thought a change of scenery would be nice for you, Going with one of the best offensive lines in football, the equally decrepit aging star T.Y. Hilton, a strong defense, lost in pieces, you had it all going for you, from a 105.5 QBR to a then 88.5 QBR, to now this season, the best QBR, 23rd best QBR, 59.2. You've led your team to the 29th best third down team, uh, third down red zone team. You've led them to a leading 17 field goal attempts. I'm deeply morose about my faith in your dying arm and your always cement feet in the pocket. Good night, Sour Prince. You must trudge through your eight win season over bad teams alone. Tailgaters, forgive me. Next year I'll pick another old QB with a new roster and hopefully not. And hopefully he will not be a member of the Colts. Sincerely, is it going to be Aaron yours Rogers? truly? Apologize, yes. Ty James. How did you? Okay, how did you get through that without mentioning the fact that Phil Rivers has like thirteen kids? I don't know. I mean, I thought it was eleven. Did he have like two more in the last week? I don't know. He hits his mark sometimes. Phil <laughs> <laughs> Rivers has had sex eleven times. Less, less than Rivers. Kids, figure that out. I mean, that's not hard to figure out. Two, two twins? Two sets of twins? <laughs> we apologize, Rivers family. But seriously. But we do not apologize for your horrible behavior. I don't apologize. I appreciate you being a Chiefs rival for so long and talking trash to us all the time. I won't say shit because Lord knows you won't say that, so. Yeah, God, trash to yeah. I listened to a mic'd up thing with Phil Rivers, and was, it's really funny. Oh, it's hilarious. It's hard to, like, I don't imagine how hard it is to not cuss right? on, on a football sideline. Maybe that's why he struggles on the football some, football field sometimes, because good. he's just working too hard to think too much energy to think of words that aren't curse words. I thought my vernacular was quite astute. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My favorite word is the word. And <laughs> the last game that we have to talk about of our picks so far, uh, the Chiefs, man. What happened to the Chiefs? Uh, it's, that's definitely it's a great question. That was an extremely disappointing game. Uh, 
We were up 14 to three, we were up 21 to 10. And the Raiders came to play for, a, a, for all four quarters and the Chiefs did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, constantly during that game, we, they were sending three men after our quarterback and after uh, Patrick Mahomes and we were, they were dropping more guys into coverage and mm-hmm. covering up more lanes for Patrick to find. And they were still getting after him with only three guys rushing. And it's not like it's three elite pass rushers. I mean, yeah. Clone Farrell is pretty good. Max Crosby is pretty good. But it's not like these are guys who are going to be double-digit sack artists going mm-hmm. Pro Bowls left and right. I mean, no, maybe Farrell, but... Crosby, um, actually, year last year. And Crosby, yeah, actually, he, he had a good game. Yeah. Um, but it's not like they have a Clone Mack who's just going to terrorize you. Well, Clone Farrell even said he needs to work on something. Yeah. We were yeah. saying he's solid. Yeah, and I mean Crosby had a particularly impressive sack where Schwartz pushed him out of the zone, out of the pocket, and uh, way back at the quarterback, and he just circled right back around and got Mahomes from behind. Which I, I cannot mm-hmm. think of any occasions where I've seen Mahomes straight up take a sack from behind. Maybe somebody gets him around the ankle, maybe somebody like you know like pushes him down or something in mm-hmm. the pocket. But that was a rare one that I've seen where it was a true blindside hit. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, and then the Raiders secondary played played very well. Um, it, it hurt when Sammy Watkins got hurt and had to leave the game. That's a big threat. Uh, but then the, the other big key was, along with that, is the offensive line. Just when Kelechi Osamele got hurt, uh, that just absolutely just it, that hampered the offensive line. Right. And you could see where they weren't getting any running lanes for for Edwards Elair, and it just it struggled. It, they just they struggled from there. They couldn't do anything that they wanted to do. And whereas the Raiders, on, on defense, the Chiefs came out with a game plan, beat us deep. Derek Carr has never beat the Chiefs deep in his career. So he's in Dinkins. Except this week. And then <laughs> they absolutely, the Chiefs' deep coverage <clears throat> was the one, some of the worst I've seen them play in how, how do we not talk about Rooks? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and we, we talked about it. They yeah, want their time to kill a guy. Two touches for 180 yards. He's, yeah. he's yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, that's somebody they wanted, somebody who could take the lid off the off the defense. And they because they've seen they've been beat by Tyreek Hill. The, the announcer of that game said it best. They said John Gruden wanted a Tyreek Hill, and he went out and got that's a Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think Ruggs will ever be the route runner like the, the little no, things that Hot Hill no. does. But bam, he's got that elite speed. I think he'll be close. And, and I really like him. He's a better route runner than people give him credit for. Right. And his hands are. Now the other the other plays rugs that was pure speed. I mean he beat Charvarius Ward, but the other big plays that they had the Aguilar touchdown that was a breakdown in coverage. Right. The one that was the most unforgivable for me all game was in the third or fourth quarter. I came from the fourth quarter I think. We got them in third and eighteen, and they somehow found uh, Hunter Renfro for for forty something yards, and that was I, I I literally I was at the game and I literally just sat down at that point. I was like. If they're going to beat us on third and 18, we're not going to stop them. Right. Like, the crowd was up. I mean, yeah, it's only 20,000 fans, but the crowd was up going crazy, and it was – that was – We talk a lot Enormously deflated. 20,000 Chiefs fans are right. louder than most. Yeah. We talk about Derek Carr's bad games. Very rarely do we talk about Derek Carr's good games. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about his good games – We began the season talking about a Derek Carr good game. That's very true. But I'm saying, like, like this yeah, is – because it is that rare. Yeah. Like, for truly special games for him, mm-hmm. they, they, those games are rare. Right. And what did he do this past week? It's It kind of comes down to the fact – Right. I, I, I think it's one of those things. It comes down to the fact that we will not be talking about it a lot, but we will be mentioning it throughout the course of this podcast for sure. Because we played it here for a long time. You yeah. You guys better get ready to listen to us for a long time. But 
with the way the Chiefs are right now, when people are playing the Chiefs, it is their Super Bowl. Yeah. They need to be yeah. the Chiefs. That's, yeah, you take everybody's best shot. Exactly. Any defending champion, they're gonna, they're, you're gonna get a team's best shot, and especially Every inside team. your own division. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, I will, I would be remiss to say, and I, I'm gonna beat the homer drum right now. Uh, the Chiefs did get absolutely jobbed on a few plays in this. The most egregious of one was when we threw deep. Well, we threw, we threw. It was two. I'll, I'll say it. It was both that basically took away touchdowns. First drive of the game, we throw a touchdown pass deep to Tyreek Hill. They call holding, and it was when. The, uh, the defensive lineman was low for the Raiders. Oh, Samelli basically just pushed it down. Yeah. They call holding on that. Right. The most egregious one of all, which even Tony Dungy called out on Sunday Night Football, was a deep pass to Tyreek. And <laughs> it was a little underthrown, I'll definitely admit that. Yeah. But he got blasted by two Raider defenders well before the ball got there. And oh, there sure. was no flag. Andy Reid's on the sideline like, what, is what the hell is happening? And he couldn't challenge it. As a Chiefs fan, you're going to get calls, but you're also going to get really bad. Everybody gets bad calls. They do. They do. That one, that was legit. Those were egregious. That's Uh, at least one touchdown taken away, and in an eight-point ball game, that's that's huge. For sure. But that's that's the one time I'll bang that homer drum. I think that... uh, Touchdown. Josh uh, Allen to Gabriel Davis. Oh, we'll we'll fly our plane in my turn. Beautiful pass. My bad. Shoot. I lost my train of thought. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll just make my last point, and this is an point about the game, but there's, uh, there's been reports that after the game when the team, the Raiders team buses were leaving, that the Raiders players requested the police escort take them the team buses around Arrowhead Stadium for a victory lap. Whether or not that's true or not, the fact that that has been, that has been reported, and it's out there, you want to talk about bulletin, bin, bulletin board material? Chiefs players, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey seeing that, Teron Matthews seeing that. Give me the Chiefs to beat that spread the next time. We're, next we're, we're going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas next month. I just, that is it. The Chiefs Honestly, will not, not, the Chiefs will not overlook this game. I do remember what I was going to say. That uh, this early in the season, a loss like that is going to help the Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. Anything. We were going to a motivating factor just from a, all right. We, we have to show up. Mm-hmm. We have to show up to play every week. And you've seen teams like the, against the Chargers. They're getting every team, no matter the talent level's best shot. Yeah, right. And they've proven it's not like last year where mm-hmm. you kind of can screw around for a couple quarters and hope to win a 12 yeah. like You can't do that to every team. Yeah. No. And, and no one thought – I I didn't think the Chiefs were going undefeated. I didn't Nobody either. thought that. I always, I always try to tell the new Chiefs fans that told me, no, we're going to win it all. No, man, that's unrealistic. I mean, we, we penciled in a couple, like, could be losses, which would be, like, you know, your Patriots. Because right. Then but it's honestly, like, most of the time, the time those teams, you know. The teams like this that are coming off a Super Bowl win, it is usually the unexpected teams. It's okay. not usually losing to the Patriots if they're, if they're on the same plane. It's mm. because you're going to be up for those games. Right. You're going to be motivated. You yeah. want to beat the good teams. You want to beat the breaks off of them. But like you said, I think they may be looking ahead to the Buffalo Bills, who are undefeated right now. And honestly, if I'm the Bills, I do not want to be facing the Chiefs next because they're that like because after this game and defense playing as poor as they did, you know, Teron Matthews is going to be after in practice. Chris Jones and Frank Clark had one combined touch on Derek Carr in this game, and the Raiders have a decent to good offensive line. It's not like it's an outstanding offensive line. Not at all. And they they pretty much they held Josh Jacobs to less than four yards. Yeah, the, like he did the not only have thing that salvaged his day was that one touchdown run. Where it was yeah, like yeah. and then they did have their their other running back that he had a big run. But it was uh, it, it was, was not a great game by the Raiders' running game. 
or by Josh Jacobs, and that's what the Chiefs want to do. But you know Frank Clark and, and Teron Matthew and Chris Jones are going to be out for blood. They're going to be they're going to be after everybody's asses in practice this week. Right. And, then, and I mean, that's the thing. Is like, uh, one of the things that uh, we talked about off camera and all this thing, one of the things that I also talked to Grant about was I was just like, I do not envy you. You are getting a very, very... Well, I'm sure he'll talk trash. And I'm, no, sure he's, I'm sure he smells blood in the water. But. No, he told, like, when, during our conversation with Grant, it was literally just like, honestly, I, I wish I could be the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the worst, worst case scenario was the Chiefs losing the week before they play the Bills. You want the Chiefs, if they're on a run, to come in not and you will be the team to shock them, not yep. be the team that has to play them a week after they got shot. And not just that, too. Um, now it's instead of it being a, a four days later, it's, it's eight days later. Yeah, so those are shorter rest. So, yeah, and that's an extra day for Andy Reid to, okay, what Andy, am I going to do? Reed, and uh, that is the Chiefs' first loss in 13 games. So. Yes. Oh, it was, uh, it was coming close on a calendar year. Yes. Uh, feel good story for people in Kansas City. Uh, Alex Smith entered the game for an injured uh, Kyle Allen against the Los Angeles Rams, and I think it speaks for most uh, sports fans when you're watching that game with how much he got hit. You had to kind of cringe every single every time. time. It was it was one of those things. Yeah, that was it was yeah it was wonderful news, but it had to be against the Rams, right? And the best the, players in football, right? Who had four sacks in that game. I, I don't think all of them. Are for Alex Smith, they had eight sacks total as a team, so two yeah. randoms, because, yeah, he had four, another guy had three, and then there was one random person yeah. had one. I'm pretty uh, sure uh, Aaron Donald had, like, two against, uh, uh, Kai and Allen. Two of them against Allen? I think so. Okay. Uh, but either way, like, yeah, that's not the front that you want Alex Smith to have to come in. Uh, and even, <laughs> it's it was pretty funny to, See, did you guys see the clip of Donald on the sideline when he said after he sacked Smith one of the times? I swear to God, you didn't even look up the clip. It's it's pretty funny. He goes, that motherfucker's, that motherfucker's leg is strong. He <laughs> 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 was like just joking around with the guy. I'm like, that's hilarious. But one of the one of the things we mentioned uh, off camera and one of the things we were talking about, obviously we made our picks for comeback player of the year. Uh, the school of thought where Alex Smith, comeback player of the year, I I mean, I agree when it comes to things like, I mean, he fought so hard just to get on the field. The fact that he took six sacks, I mean, we'll see what happens with his whole stat line at the end of the, every, at the, end of the season. All stuff. Right, because just coming in and relief in one game isn't going to win the comeback player of the year. Absolutely. But if, if Kyle Allen comes back and starts But that definitely is the feel-good story at the NFL. It's, it's a feel-good story, but I, I'm not sold that that's going to be the story mm-hmm. when that happens. But they, it, they should it, sure. But, but it is an ESPN headline right now that he sure, is the leader in the clubhouse. Basically. The NFL besides not having this. True, no, true. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure it's voted on by it is voted on by, yeah, by the players. It's not just like one person that decides it. So if the players decided that, that's even even but, better. Yeah. that'd be incredible for the yeah. players as a league to come come together. And, yeah. But kudos to the man. I mean, mm-hmm. that, is, that shows seeing his story over and over and over. And even as horrible as it sounds, in the same week, talking about another same injury, day. same day, another same injury division. that happened with Dak in the compound fracture. It was just one of those things where you watch it and you just go, "Oh God, that's dead." I mean, not ever, but oh God, like. Well, and I was you two. I saw in our group chat, you two immediately texted about that. Uh, I saw both of you say something along, "Oh my God," or that, that like. I, I don't remember the comments. My response was, oh, God. I was, I was driving in the car. I was, I was coming back from uh, my friend's house after we went to the Chiefs game. 
and I was listening to to uh, to some re- Chiefs recap on the radio, and the guy, the, the commentator, just immediately was just, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. oh my god, Dak Prescott's he, oh my god, that's that's it." Like mm-hmm. you can see the ball. He's like, "Oh, you can see the ball." Oh my god! Like and he was in mid conversation with somebody else too, and just froze. And I'm, he was gross. Oh my god! No, I'm, I'm, I've seen since. I went home and I put the game on, and wow, just. The, the image of him being carted off the field with his fist up and just tears streaming down his, his face, like, that made me, don't make me laugh in a serious moment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, I, dude, I, I'll admit, it made me tear up. Just that image of him just doing that, just, like, yeah. that's... Bite on top. He's a guy that that has played through pain. I, I don't oh, think yeah. the towel was necessarily physical pain. I think it was also to try to hold back tears. I, I think it was the culmination of thinking about the type of season he was having, what is on the line for him this season. Mm. I don't think it was necessarily physical pain while he was biting the towel. I, I think it was trying to hold back like even more emotion. And if we can take a quick segue, and this is something especially Dak Prescott related that I just thought of uh, that I want to bring up. Especially losing his brother, cool. yeah, losing your losing his yeah. brother. The time of year that yeah. the mental health, yeah, especially the stigma around men's mental health at mm-hmm. times is very, very, very negative. And mm-hmm. right. if you're crying, yeah, the interaction with him and Hayden Hurst after the Atlanta game, right? Hayden Hurst attempted suicide four years ago, actually this week. Um, he approached Dak after Dak spoke publicly mm-hmm. about his battle with mm-hmm. mental health and Dak lost his brother during the COVID pandemic, but he was struggling with his own mental health before that. Right. Like the brother, losing the brother was just something on top of everything. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and you saw one person who doesn't even deserve to be named in the media come out and criticize his ability as a leader. Yeah, we're not. Uh, fuck that guy. That. We're not talking about him. Yeah. We're not talking about him. Uh, and you see like, after the game, I don't know if you saw, you guys saw the picture that his brother took, a selfie of him and Dak in the hospital right before he went into surgery. Right. Well, those two being all smiles with the type of day they had and the type of year that they've had, right. uh, says a lot about the character of these guys. Yeah. Like, and they so went through a lot. <laughs> um, mental health, guys, is so important. Yeah. And this is, this is to the two guys that I, you know, that I call best friends of mine to take with me. Versus also just like me as an individual, but also to our podcast listener when it comes down to it, mental health is so important. Mm-hmm. It leads to a lot of different things that you can control, you can't control, and if you need help, seek help. Mm-hmm. And honestly, reaching out and talking to people is the best thing that you can do because people will help you the best they can. Um, well, I, I believe in the good of people, so that is, <laughs> that is why I say sentiments right. like that. But Mental health is so important, and don't be afraid of this thing because you're a male, you're a female, you're a they, them, you're anything. Like, do not feel ashamed to seek out some sort of help for mental health issues. Right. Sorry. But back to where we were. Um, the uh, the Cowboys performed incredibly down the stretch of that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, Red they, Rifle, coming at you. Tell that how much respect those guys have for Dak. Uh, they will because of a every single person on that sideline and surrounded Dak. Jason Garrett came over from the Giants. I mean, Jason Garrett and Dak are very close. Yeah. Um, and yeah, imagine 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole just, thing. His new well, coach is there. His old coach happens to be there. And his, the yeah, guy he replaced is in the booth. Yeah. Like, everybody connected to that guy since he's yeah. been in the league is in that stadium and watches him go through that. Tony Romo choked, choked up. Yeah. And they weren't particular. like, not saying that they didn't have a problem with each other. They weren't close. No. Right. Romo was not the guy in the locker room coaching Dak. That was Mark Sanchez. Right. Yeah. Like, and Romo was even choking up because he knows how special of a kid he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care anyone's opinion on him as a player. You're wrong. Uh, just going to throw that out there, period. Well, Agreed. Uh, Agreed. He is a great quarterback. Uh, and the amount that he means to that team clearly showed mm-hmm. on, the, on the field. Every single player stepped up their game after Dak went down. And every. And I, I know I mentioned, you know, the, the Jason Garrett thing, but I think it wasn't just Garrett being there for him. One of the one of the most poignant images that they showed in post game and everything, talking like people talk about the game, was the image of McCarthy looking over him. Jason Garrett has his hand <laughs> yeah. on McCarthy's back, like that's powerful. Yeah. Right hey, I'm sorry you lost this guy. This like, guy and that's so the guy who replaced you. Like, yeah. and that's what you're doing. Like, that's it's a brother. It's a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ooh, sorry. Yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, so like for me personally, um, at one point in time I witnessed my dad having the same injury, just not a compound fracture on his leg. Um, and I just, I remember it because at one time I was younger, I was 12 or 13 and I just remember standing in front of my dad, looking at my dad's ankle and his, his ankle was dislocated and, his, and both bones were broken. And so I just remember like sitting there being like in shock because when you look at your dad or your fatherly figure in your life and you're like he is so strong to me he's the strongest person i've ever yeah. seen and especially if anyone knows my dad like that's the way my dad's always come across is my dad is a very you know he has i mean we all have our faults but my dad is a very much genuine caring person yeah. and he will speak his mind um i don't know why he raised me i don't speak my mind i'm very quiet and reserved um but uh when my dad was laying in, when my dad was sitting on the ground in front of me and his foot was all contorted in the way that it looked i just it is something that has haunted me to this day. And then when I saw that Dak Prescott injury, I was immediately in the group chat, oh God, and because I had seen that mm-hmm. before. And that was like something to me, like it brought up old feelings and old right. mental images that I, of like being like the, oh crap, like, oh yeah. shit. This like, isn't good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the uh, Cowboy season is in the hands of Andy Dalton. And, uh, there's worst quarterbacks that it could be in, but with what we've seen out of the Cowboys, they can't run the ball consistently. Uh, if you're relying on Andy Dalton to throw the ball to the le- at the level that Dak Prescott does, good luck. Uh, Ooh, especially given that offensive line, how bad it is. The, the line, yes, that's, that's a concern. Um, Dalton has a decent amount of mobility. I mean, he's not Dak by any means. He's, he's going to be he getting, move around the, the pressure's going to get there in two seconds. But that's true, that's yeah. true. This is a bad O line. But yeah. he... If he has to scramble this is, on a normal play, sure, but this isn't. You're also, he's not going to be getting normal. You're also talking about a quarterback, but he also has, his mobility is a one-step mobility in the pocket to avoid a pressure and a sack, yeah. not a yeah. that I'm escaping the pocket yes. to run. For that's, that's very true. Six rushing touchdowns a year. Right. But he also this is also the most weapons he's had since ever. And I, I think the I mean, there was one year in Cincinnati where they had a lot of weapons, but not anywhere close to this. No. Yeah. He's never, yeah, he had A.J. Green, but he never had two receivers better than the next two. No, absolutely. The Cowboys. He never had a running back as good as Ezekiel Elliott. So no, it's not even close. I'm having a moment uh, remembering A.J. Green the way he was. Yeah. He was so good. 
he's going to be somewhere else by the end of the season. Oh, so yeah, possibly. He'll most likely be in New England for more of a season. That would have happened this last offseason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, so I don't think the Cowboys won the division. Uh, I think the Eagles will. It's another one. Oh my god. I think the Eagles will mm-hmm. win the MC. Are down? Just not enough. There. What's their record going to be? <laughs> I think we're going to be right. They're going to be right around that uh, five. Maybe six wins, yeah. yeah. Are we going to have a four-win team make the playoffs? <laughs> no, it can. It, like, yeah. we, we were breaking it down. I was like, yeah. that actually can happen. Yeah. Um, if you lose literally all of your non-division games and then everybody kind of beats each other, right. you aren't, can definitely have it. And I only mean, what the point is? He was in what? Oh, no, one, one, three, oh, and one? one? Uh, oh, yeah, they did that. I think they're one, three, and one. One, three, and one. Three, and one. And I, I know we pointed oh, fun at it, like when we picked so the winners in the division, because I picked the Eels, and it was basically one of those. I don't want to see the situation. Like I, I'm pretty sure I was going to pick the Eagles because you're picking out back to back, and it was just like, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I think they're going to battle with the Cowboys, but now I'm really sitting there being like, you know what? They, I they almost beat like the Steelers this week. Uh, like we'll have a hell of a game, but like the Eagles, and I will say as much as we've dogged them, Wednesday we, really well. Do we want to talk about? Yeah, do we want to talk about the Steelers. It gets a good Steelers mm-hmm. defense. Well, that's, yes, that's, you mentioned that Claypool. Play, no, 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 no. Not, as much as as much as we want to say, hey, green light Claypool, which is what we talked about. Right. Let's talk about that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I am of the school of thought that since they have talked about they don't know what their coordinator is doing, which I've seen some posts about it on social media, I completely agree with it because. That Steelers defense has given up some points to some dogs. Mm-hmm. And they have like 23, 24, 25 points against them. And that's a defense that we were talking about. Really, never went to 10 points. And we're talking about the elite Pittsburgh Steelers defense. There's still a lot of time left in this season, and we'll see what happens. There's a lot of talent on there, but like, it, there's a lot of seems like, like, As far as I'm concerned, there's a lot well, of And here's the thing right now, I've seen a lot of people. Who's the leader? Uh, no, that's my point. Yeah, who's, who's the leader? Uh, I'm sorry, I would have guessed. Probably they were hoping Bush. I, I would guess Bush. They were giving like, seven years worse now. Bush would be No, that's that's my point. They don't have their second year. Yeah, they don't have a veteran veteran leader. Maybe they would hope Cameron Hayward's average. But you would hope Hayward, but I don't know anything about the guys. Some guys just don't have that. Yeah, I think they can perform well. They just can't. I guess I think they're forties because there's definitely cornerback that he's played for. Joe Hayden. There's Hayden. He's not that good. But Hayden was right. He was never a He's your veteran leadership. Sure. But in same but he's not. Here's the thing. Here's the problem with veteran leaders that aren't good. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you're going to yell at us to bring right. it up and you're giving up 60 yard bombs? Right. Who the hell cares what you said? Right. I'm sorry. Like, your veteran leader does need to be one of your best yeah, players. That's why that's all. You are now looking at, you're looking at Devin Bush, what, to it, and what? And yeah, and to that point, a lot of people that I follow that have broken down the film of the Steelers' defense have said they're like, yeah, Fitzpatrick's doing his job. No one's throwing his way. Mm-hmm. But if a guy on the other side isn't doing his job, what's it matter? Yeah. You're shutting down one side of the field. There's still another. Is good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks are going to take take yeah. care. Of. Exactly. They're going to be like, cool. I can't throw left. That, that was, was the, right. that was one of the issues with Byron Jones. It's not his issue. The one of the issues with the Cowboys defense with Byron Jones. Byron Jones has given up a 50 passer rating. It doesn't matter when you have Chidobe Ruzier giving away a 120 passer rating. Right. Like, 
You can only do so much. Right. Uh, and they do have flaws in that defense that were have been exposed so far. And I don't think it's necessarily exactly. And their offense is definitely clicking on all cylinders. But uh, Aaron in our group chat put up a very, uh, he showed us a very interesting gra- uh, chart that shows offensive line play. Mm-hmm. And it was a <clears throat> a chart showing where teams stack up with uh, both pass blocking on one and then run blocking on the other. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers are actually one of the lower rated offensive lines. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a Steelers fan, I am scared as all hell. Because, yeah, you've been playing your mind out so right. far on offense. But with a 38-year-old quarterback and an offensive line that is at least statistically performing poorly, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Exactly. One of those things is going to get. Yeah. And then you're back to what? Duck Dodge, Dodgers or whatever. Oh, Duck Dodgers. Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Darkwing Duck. Duck Dodgers. Duck just one. Darkwing Duck. That's good. Just, yeah. uh, speaking of that graph, the uh, Packers are the highest performing offensive line. I think is by far the best offensive line Aaron Rodgers has had in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you combine that with some of the talent that he had, I mean, Aaron Jones, I, I wouldn't say necessarily the receiver talent. He's a guy that kind of makes the receivers better. Right. But you can, if you get those weapons healthy, Devontae Adams, and keep those guys going, like, that's scary. There you have a, Aaron Rodgers in a motivation year with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. There was Aaron Jones and uh, Devontae Adams could, could have played this week. He just decided to take the extra rest. Yeah. Like, we're not going to pass it because As opposed to, as opposed to Michael Thomas, who could have, could have played this week, but he decided to punch a teammate in the face. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there's, there's no turmoil going on on that team. No. Um, oh, wait. Did, who called turmoil with the Saints? I, I don't I don't know. I, I actually, actually thought it would be more breeze related, but... I did too. But that locker room is clearly broken. My and I do team, think that that's... My fantasy team says shut the fuck up. Michael Thomas and Devon Adams. Ooh, <laughs> both. Yeah, nice. So shut up. Fair enough. <laughs> I would like to point out on that graph, the worst offensive line in football. Far and away, the worst offensive line in is the not the Lions. No, but uh, it's funny. It's <laughs> funny enough, funny enough, the Lions and Chiefs are actually like right next to each other, like league average in pass blocking, but below in run blocking. So, yeah, Chiefs. Uh, anyway, but yeah, the worst, like far and away, <laughs> like like down here in the bottom. Like for reference, so if the the Packers were like right in the middle up here, of theirs, yeah. Here's the middle. Packers up here. Denver Broncos, way down. Way down. Bottom left. Yeah. Like, nobody oh, within wow. range of them. Yeah. Not at all. That and, was, yeah. Like, oh, and also. So, they were so hidden on the on the chart. Like, I mean, like, you couldn't even really. Where's the Broncos? Yeah, when I sent it, I said, where are the Broncos? wow, look at how good the Packers are. Whoa, the Broncos are bad. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. down in the very corner. And I didn't <laughs> even see them. I have to mention this about the Broncos because the Broncos had their game get moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be Patriots Broncos last night, was mm-hmm. the other Monday, the original Monday night game. Right. And it got moved to Sunday. Uh, and so the Broncos have come out and they're, they're pissed, and rightfully so, because they didn't have any positive tests. It was, right. it was New England. And Justin Simmons and uh, uh, Melvin Gordon have both came out on social media. It's like, so we just lost a whole week of practice, we just lost a bye week practicing. Now we're not even playing Sunday. Like right. basically, like this could have been a bye week for us to spend with our families to do things to rest up. I think it was Simmons who said, in one of the most injury-riddled seasons right. in history, mm-hmm. we had to practice this whole bye week. Mm-hmm. And their head coach, Vic Fangio, came out and said, 
Uh, I'm honestly kind of glad to see this. I'm paraphrasing, but he's pretty much he's like, I'm kind of glad that this happened uh, because this will show who the whiners, the bitchers, and the players who can't handle adversity are. And I'm just so upset, but he's kind of right. He I is. The fuck over it. He you're is. millions of dollars to pull No, 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 you're absolutely right. But after seeing what Simmons and Melvin Gordon said, I understand that he's absolutely right. But how many of his players, that whether he's right or not, how many of his players did he just lose on a team that is already does have sure. a win? He at least lost a percentage. Oh, I'm sorry, they do have the one win against yeah. Jets. Which, I mean, <sighs> oh, is that team in football? Yeah. Hey, now trying to trade Le'Veon Bell. Gaze said he'd consider giving up play calling duties. What? That's usually the first step before you fire a coach. Yeah. When you convince him, like, maybe you should give up play calling duties, and then he does, and they're still bad, and they're like, no, you're just bad. Yeah, you're just, you're just, you're just bad. You're just bad. Uh, so what he'll be in the XFL in their 2022 season? Which, man, yes. I, I was, I was going to say, like, I had I had some money on Gaze at least being number one or number two fired in the NFL. Dan Quinn! God dang it! Come on down. He's out. All right, well, yeah, I'm Quinn's two. Yeah, Who was, one was, uh, yeah, one was O'Brien. So, yeah, so Quinn, two. Barely a month into the season, we've already had two head coaches fired. We're going to have two more. I was going to say, at least. quick. At least two more. Case and who else would you go? Trisha. Trisha? I think Patricia's getting fired. And I brought, I sent so, something to Ty last week. I don't know if that was in the, I think it was in the group chat. Because it was just out of nowhere. It was. Uh, where because Patricia said, like, yeah. Damn him his facts. About <laughs> no, you just go, oh, No, okay. I just felt him personally. Your message in the group chat was just, okay, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, Patricia in his coach's press conference saying, you know, I had a I had a complete culture that I needed to change here, and it wasn't an easy job to take. It was like, Jim man, Jim Caldwell has one losing season, and we got fired after back-to-back nine and seven seasons. Like, no, you didn't have a whole lot to do. You decided to gut the roster, mm-hmm. to bring in Patriot guys and guys that fit your culture that you don't know how to run because Belichick you mean Belichick. didn't like you enough to open the cupboards to you because he doesn't to anyone except for guys he really likes. Right. He wanted him gone because he knew that Flores was going to be a better coach than him. Right. Like, Pats fans were so happy to get rid of Patricia. Give up the most points the Patriots have ever given up in a Super Bowl. I, uh... It's so it's really weird, um, and by really weird, I mean it's just quintessential Lions. Um, I think he's going to hold on to his job for a lot longer. A lot longer? Not a lot longer. longer. Not a lot longer. <laughs> um, so the, the Lions are ready to collectively face teams that for the, like the next like seven games, they basically collectively have like ten wins. Basically, it's like ten versus twenty-five. So we're getting ready to face our weakest portion of the schedule. And so it's one of those. Or it could be very telling. And exactly. you lose a lot of those games. I'm, and as horrible as it sounds, I am on that train. Where at, at this point in time, I am done with Patricia because all right, and, and I I'm done with that. I I realized the mistake was we let go of Jim Caldwell too early, and I think that so if we, yeah, I think we drop a couple games. I'm excited to see the fact that we're going to get rid of them because we do have talent on this roster, right. and we need to shore up our defense with these young talent. The players that we have, but in the same fact, I don't think Patricia's the answer. And I think that if we start winning, I'm nervous that we're going to win a couple of games, and people are going to be like, "See, Patricia's got it all together," and it's going to be like, "No, he does not." We're just playing weak teams. I think smart franchises would figure that out. 
I honestly hope the Cardinals hang 50 on us. I hope the Cardinals hang 50 on us, and it's literally because if the Cardinals hang... chance the Cardinals hang 50 this week. Right, that's what I'm saying. They're playing what? They're playing the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys. Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, what? Okay, so we the cards. Uh, I can't remember who, like, but I would hope that the Lions get 50 hung on them this week because basically that means that there's nothing that that Patricia can do. Because at that point in time, it's like, you talked about defense. Yeah, he needs, he needs a truly, like, embarrassing loss to get him out of Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I want God off him. Yeah, I would too. Speaking of which, yeah, Kyler Murray starting against the Cowboys. If you have him in fantasy and you don't play him, you're an idiot. Uh, guys are going to. Do it. have like 60 fantasy points probably since it's, it's also going to run look at, it. at will. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. But getting to a quarterback that we were talking about pre-podcast that's having quietly an incredible year just because of who he plays for and the other mm. the other guys mm. in that division. Uh, Teddy Touchdown, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy B. Uh, had probably his overall best game of the season. Oh, yeah. But he's been, like I said, quietly very, very good. And... The Panthers, who we picked to finish last, I think, pretty much across the board. Yeah. Uh, and that you said division, young guy. I honestly could see them, based on what we've seen out of the Bucks and the Saints lately, I could see the Panthers hitting their stride and being the playoff t- a playoff team out of that division. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, like their entire defense or their t- <clears throat> excuse me, entire draft's been on defense, and yep. you're starting to see that defense start to show up. And I mean, yeah, some underrated playmakers. On offense, even without Christian McCaffrey, they are forced. They are forced to utilize other players. Yeah, they are forced to make play a more balanced offense. Mike Davis has been incredible for them. Right. Uh, it's, we had to turn back. To me. Yeah, I was going to say McCaffrey. He was I couldn't remember. I was like, he's not. He's not supposed to be out very much longer. No. Uh, which that two-headed monster at running back now, like you can be sure he was activated today. That's probably true. Um, yeah, just so that they could get him. Some practice before the game, right. um, but you don't. And with his injuries this year, or his injury this year, you now know that you have a running back who you can play in place of him. You don't have to give him so many touches. Right. Uh, you can work him back into shape. Hopefully, he doesn't get dinged up again. And then you have a two-headed monster going into the playoffs, man. That's well, and even kind of three with with uh, Mike Davis as well. Sure. You have oh, three. That's what, that's what I meant. Davis, but I mean also Rodney Anderson. You know, that's oh. guys. Yeah, they've got three weapons at running back. You can even do some, you know, have two of them in the backfield at the same time. Robbie Anderson, wide receiver. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Oh, I thought, oh, never mind. Robbie Anderson is the Cincinnati running back. Sorry, I was thinking the point. Uh, no, I, I, I kept saying Robbie. I, I, I was like, I was like, wait, did I do something? No. Robbie Anderson. No, Mike Davis. Yes, I apologize. Yeah. So I'm not Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, I, I was literally thinking, I was like, how did like. Three ACL injuries and then his <laughs> career ending end up on the Panthers and do a good job. And I was like, what are we talking about? But yes, Robbie Anderson. He has been playing incredibly Yes. Good. I mean, he was good with the Jets. I, I was wondering about him because I said that I don't like that system for him. Uh, if we go back Everybody needs a deep threat, though, man. Right. That's what he does. And even and you guys if he's like, you guys said Curtis Samuels isn't someone that we should bank on. In fact, they have to do more. I mean, he's been more of a possession guy back right. to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. More of like a fringe running back that can. Play a wide receiver like they played him a lot of running back. Kind of like Tariq Cohen. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just taller. Yeah, abs- yeah. I mean, he had that famous game-winning touchdown against Michigan. Uh, <laughs> sorry to just keep bringing up and things like this. I apologize for my cult pick today. I had such a good week. I have to bring it down. I have to bring it down. 
Shame. 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 Pretty much covers like everything that I really wanted to cover about that NFL, but let's get into our picks uh, this okay. week. All right. Oh, shoot. I don't have a pen. I have a, I have I have a, a pen on me. Awesome. I got two pens on me. Awesome. Amazing. Do you have one more? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Just kidding. I don't need another. Uh, I got two so, more. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. No, I want to start writing stuff. All right. <laughs> Sunday Night Football, uh, we have Rams and 49ers. C.J. Beathard making his first start. Uh, actually, has played really well uh, in place of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Came off the bench and almost let the comeback. And then the game was way too out of hand this past week before they put him in against the Dolphins. But he let a touchdown grab and another grab that went for a field goal. That said, hmm. I like the Rams. <laughs> With how the 49ers offense Um, I will say this. Ooh. You're going, if you're going to beat, beat, you got to beat hard. You got to beat hard. <laughs> you're going Beathard. If you're one. wondering why uh, I'm so excited about this, CJ Beathard played it out. Beat hard. Uh, he is actually now finding out that Ricky Stanzi is a QAnon freak. Uh, CJ Beathard is actually my favorite out of the Tough game. Um, I think this game is a divisional tough game. Um, I think that there are some flashes. I think if the San Francisco 49ers look to get this game back on track for them, and by then I mean, I mean a fully healthy monster with a full week of practice and ready to go. I don't think there's enough talent. I was back and forth on it. I just think that the game script that I see in my head with the injuries and all that stuff is them literally just trying to control the tempo and just pounding the ball, pounding the rock down their throat. With that, they've got offensive line injuries. Right. And the the running game, yeah, with how Shanahan schemes it, yeah, you're going to get some yards, but you're not going to dominate right. the run game with the injuries they've had on the it's a It's a stupid, cocky pick when you start to get <laughs> hey, hey, That's I like it. I, we've all had them. Yeah. And if you're right, it'll. I'll be actually yeah. want CJ hard. to be a good NFL. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Rams just because... Rams are healthier. You've got two of the most, two of the youngest, most creative offensive minds in the league. And I think Sean McVay has more weapons at his disposal to execute the offense that he wants than Kyle Shanahan does. So yeah, I'll go Rams. Whatever the projected sacks are for the Ram or for the Rams this week, if they if you can bet on that, that'd be okay. I was going to say yeah because um, that that was my other thing is Aaron Donald is playing out of his mind right now. Right, he could just completely beat Beathard hard. You could just beat. <laughs> I just want uh, to don't, don't you say that. So Monday, <laughs> don't you say that. Monday night football. <laughs> beat me hard. We Monday. have uh, Cardinals versus Cowboys. Andy Dalton versus Kyler Murray. Cardinals. I am going Cardinals. Cardinals. ATD all the way there. Sorry, Cowboys. I'm not taking you probably in another game. Uh, the man, I, there's there's some games that I do see. Yeah, they're going to they're, they're sure. lose out. They're not going to lose out, but they're going to be a top 10 pick team. Oh, yeah. And, I, and honestly, with some of the strap plots, I'm kind of excited. It's going to be Super Bowl at the top. Yeah. Yep, you already projected. Yeah, I already projected. How this season's gone, I mean, we're gonna talk if they don't it. take the Pac-12 offensive tackle like mm-hmm. they did 10 years ago. I mean, I'm excited about just, like, I'm starting to get more into like, the draft and the prospects. So we might have Which, off the air, 
Duncan, I have a trade proposal that I think you've done. Ooh, okay. Actually, I can just bring it up. Yeah. I think the Cowboys should trade Tyron Smith for picks to the Chiefs. What picks do you want? I want a one because he's only 29. This is hint- This hinges on uh, Smith's neck. Uh, surgery going well and the medical's coming back well. I don't think that he's tradable if the medical's going to come back he's, well. He's, had, he's been somewhat injury prone, so I'll give you a two and a four. I'd still probably take it. I guess yeah. it's 12 picks in the draft. All right. I think Red Beach, Stephen Jones, let's get to work. There's, let's there's going to be some trades made by the Cowboys. Kane Hamlin, break this trade. Although, I don't see the Chiefs giving up high picks for an offensive tackle at this point in time. But if it's number 32 pick and it's an upgrade over both of your tackles. True, uh, but they, healthy. they did spend a three on, on a tackle last year. And I think Beach understands at this point that this is completely getting into the side conversation. Beach understands that we need to be hitting on young draft picks sure. because we need young affordable players. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I just think it'll get traded for a contender, oh, and the Chiefs are the first team I thought of. I would love it. Speaking of the Chiefs, another Monday game. It's actually at 4 o'clock. Uh, Monday game against the Bills. That's Chiefs, Bills. I'm sticking. Uh, I got your Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs and the over. That's what I'm saying. Chiefs and the over. Yeah. Ty, you get deducted a half point, nope, but no, you cannot no, gain a half point. Me, me, me. Instituting new rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, if he wants half points, you, you beat, I, you beat you so it. hard yeah. for that half a point. Now we're you, now we're deducting. Half yeah, no, I uh, I just I really think that the worst case scenario we talk about was the Bills playing the Chiefs after a loss like that to the Raiders because they're going to be mad. Any reason to have extra time, and this offense is really going to put that defense to the test. Yeah. If the Bills fall out on Monday. That is the true sign of the Bills. If the Bills keep it close, it's still a good sign think, of the Bills. Oh, this is out. out. This what is another reason dude? why I didn't. And this is another reason why, like, when you suggested you wanted your uh, die on the hill this week, I wanted you to wait a week. That's right. Because there's two games, this there one are. and this one, that could completely. I want the die on the hill thing to be something you can defend no matter when it is. It's not something that can be proven wrong in two weeks. I want you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, okay. So, we'll next one. No, you get the next one. If you want it. If you have something else that you want. Like, you're the next guy on the hill, either one. Like, I was there. Right. Uh, because but, proximity to win. Oh, could I have had it worse Sunday? Yeah, well, yeah, you could be. Well, yeah, you, you, the Seahawks could have lost. They could have, they could have given Kirk Cousins one more opportunity because that was a forward. I probably wouldn't have even remembered the that, Seahawks losing because of how bad of a Sunday I had. I agree. I completely forgot uh, about it. You just brought it up. Yeah, yeah I actually was wondering why he was off. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, <clears throat> Browns Steelers Sunday afternoon at Steelers. By the way, this um, has been the this has been the second hardest pick. This is hard. Week, uh, that I've had to deal with. And this the, is a, honestly, the next one, I think, is the... Oh, it's two now, so it's the last one. So, uh, this has been the second hardest for me. It is a coin flip. Um, sure. I think they're getting the stuff... Want to do a literal game. coin flip? You guys want to gamble on that? I got points. Honestly, I'm saying I'll... I, I'll I, took, I took the Browns. No, you don't want... You're taking Browns. I took the Browns. Um, and the reason why I took the Browns is I... It's like... I'm going Steelers. Ah, man. Actually, I have no idea. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, uh, this is, this is you're in the lead. You have a two-game lead. Does it matter? 
Um, for now, you know what? I'll uh, I you know I will take Browns. I think I think the Browns have been you know playing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, they're utilizing the talent well, and I think that we had, a, defense, right? yeah. we had a conversation about the Pittsburgh defense, and you know I'm going to stick to my guns about that. The Pittsburgh defense have been a shell of the Pittsburgh defense and what they are. They need a leader. They need their coach to start yeah, offensive line against Miles Garrett. And, yeah, Garrett, and, and just I don't know how much. Yeah, I as long as he doesn't hit anyone with a helmet. Yeah, as yeah. long as he doesn't try to kill a guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, what do you think? I think this is a gut or reality check. Mm-hmm. Gut check game for the Browns. This is for a young team. This is our opportunity to improve ourselves. Yeah. And it's in Pittsburgh, man. And I think the Steelers. I think no, I am. I think the Steelers. I am too. Like I'm like, man, I, I really like this Browns team. I think the Steelers' offensive line troubles will come back to bite them at some point. I don't think this is the week, even against Miles Garrett. I think this is going to be when the Browns are going to come in with their chest puffed out. I don't think this is going to be them like we're coming out to prove a point. I think they're going to come in with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback, the cocky jackass that he is, and I like Baker Mayfield. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's going to come in, chest puffed out, as will the rest of the Browns. Be like, yeah, we're five, we're four and one, baby. We're going to come in here and take care of business. And the Steelers are going to be like, listen, son, we still run this division. Listen. Us in Baltimore. And it's listen, Roethlisberger is putting you in a freaking bathroom stall. After and yeah, season. we're going to you're going to you're going to be outside the stadium with your freaking groceries calling in, locked out of the game. I see this as the Raiders writing the ship for Steelers. That defense specifically being like they're going to develop. Well, and I'm I'm not going to say that. What I've noticed the, uh, is I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers play. They're going to be different. I think their defense yeah. plays to the he level should. of their competition. He needs to wake up. And this is going to be the one where the Steelers will be like, okay, we know you're coming for us, mm-hmm. and we know you're going to come in here with your brain. Yeah. Like, right. you're, you're thinking your balls are hanging low. Your balls have dropped low. Well. So. All right, Ty's got Browns. We got Steelers. I don't like any of our chances. I think it's going to be a tie. What oh, happens? Yeah. That's Actually, a good question. What happens if we have? A, I guess it's just half points. I think it's. I don't think it's half no. points at all. I think it's just a zero. I think that's just a draw. I think we missed it. We have just put in one. If you call a tie, do you want to give ties to tie? If it's, if it's because that's that's conceding the ties to tie, even if it is actually a tie. Because then tie wins. Oh, <laughs> that's a tie of a tie. Wearing a tie. That's all I do is win. All right. <laughs> that's tie putting the ties into our into our mind, and now we've got ties, ties on our ties, minds, and all right. like ties, I need to wear a tie, tie, and tie. Just, I'm so tied right. up. And the next game, better of the cut. Can't <laughs> 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 talk now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're tongue tied. Thanks to tie. Battle of the better nicknames. Big Dick Nick versus Teddy, the t- touchdown Teddy Bridgewater. That was his nickname. Yeah, are we gonna get Big Dick Nick, or are we gonna get? Limp Dick Nick. Limp Dick Nick this week. We're going to get Corner Chubb. Panthers, buddy boy. We're going to get Corner Chubb Nick, so I think we're going to go ahead and go with this. We're going to go with He's going to look good for one. I thought Chubb was the Browns. You know, Corner Chubb Nick. We're going to go half Chubb I think we're going with the picture makes it look a lot bigger. Oh. We're going with Badland from the state. Take the appropriate picture of your job. So I'm going to go him at the right angle, you know? I'm going to go with Jesus. Wow. Going Panthers too. Oh, that is so Dick jokes. I'm going to go Bears. I think they've been playing They've been playing great football. Cole Mack's playing great. I'm still not. I, I think Cole Mack could wreck that Panther offensive line. 
I just, uh, I, I, with Christian McCaffrey coming back, I think the dump off passes will be there. I think that's about one two punch. And well, that's what we're even being activated, is he going to play? Fair. And, and that's yeah, where you're yeah, That's an extractor of that game. Yeah, and, and just like last week, I had my New Orleans Saints bet, which ended up coming through on me. I had my New Orleans Saints bet only on Michael Thomas, which was slower than you somebody. So, Christian McCaffrey, do not punch anybody. Do not. Don't do it. Punch it. Do not. Uh, Stanford got Final games. Hey guys, remember when every time that uh, Brady and uh, Rogers played, it was like the goat battle. That was one. Um, <laughs> that's not a thing anymore. Uh, Rogers is now finally clearly better than Brady. One hundred percent. And I don't think either of them are the goat. So, well, I mean, Brady's the goat. Devontae Adams coming back, I gotta say. Yeah. It's, it's Packers for me as well. Um, yeah, you full of like the slide for the Bucks there. Three and three. Yeah. And still but right up front in that division. But I think that That's they lose this game. Not, if, they, not if the Panthers win. Panthers, Panthers are three and two. If they win and the Bucks lose, then the Panthers, Panthers are three and two? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. One of the right. Okay, not at the front of the division, but they're still right there. Saints, they only lost two? I think they only lost two. Okay, so they're retiring at the top. But this one's, I, I think this brings the division back in check, uh, as far as that's concerned. I think it's going to be more like a, you know, I think it's going to be We're going to know more about who's yeah. going to be the better team. And I, I think, week. honestly, the Bucks can win out this division, but I'm not going to lie, I, I totally talked with some people out throwing some money on the Carolina Panthers winning this division. I, because yeah, I'm with you. I think it it's at, definitely a possibility. Yeah, last week it was negative 1,200 odds, or it's plus 1,200, and now it's like plus 550. So Vegas sees something. For sure. Vegas sees something. Just Did I make my pick in that one? Yeah. You said Who'd you make? Did you say Packers? No, I, I, I said Packers. I said Packers. It is Packers, yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, I already wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. Swear. Right. Did you? Yeah. yeah. That wraps up the NFL. Uh, college football, we had some up. Another weekend of some good upsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida got upset by Texas A&M. I'm not going to say I kind of hinted at that being a possibility, but I definitely. I do like Kellen Mond. I think he's a good leader. Uh, I know you really just dislike Jimbo Fisher, but he is a good coach. He just gave up on that Ford State team, which sucks. Sucks to see out of a coach, but he is a good coach. Uh, LSU, I don't know if it's necessarily even upset anymore. LSU's just not very good. Uh, LSU lost to Mizzou in a hell of a fun game to watch. That was was really fun. They do have some talent on that team. They're just all so young, except for the the quarterback's like a junior. Or, but, well, they're definitely that quintessential like SEC team that yeah. gets all their young recruits and builds them up and yeah. you know, builds well, them just, up. They're just not Bama, man. man. Right, man. They're, the quarterback that came in came in after Burrow, like he's not like Tua or Mac Jones coming in for Tua. It's not mm-hmm. the same. He's, it's uh, just it's just hilarious to me that LSU had four chances at the mm-hmm. after one yard, one yard line at yeah. the end of the game, and you couldn't two runs, two and it, passes, and, it, and they had a timeout too. There was a timeout. There was usually, a timeout between second and third down. Usually when you see that, it's running four times in a row from the one, and you get stuffed. Mm-hmm. Or pass four times in a row. Just, they literally mixed it up. Run, run, pass, pass. Nope. Nope. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. Do it. Uh, and then, I don't know, if, again, again, I don't know if it's necessarily an upset if by the end of the year. It is overall for Big 12 purposes, but uh, Texas losing to OU in four overtimes. Man. Another hell of a game. Just and Spencer Rattler got benched in the first half and then came back and played out of his mind in the second half. Fun fact that I was going to bring up in our group chat and completely forgot because I was working. Uh, 
No, it doesn't matter since uh, I update my NCAA rosters every year. Uh-huh. Uh, Tanner Mordecai actually beat out Spencer Rattler in my NCAA wow. season mode. He's like a stud quarterback. Okay. Uh, also, Tanner Mordecai's parents just decided, like, that. how does someone have the last name Mordecai nowadays? It's just, that seems like it should be from, like, the 1800s. There was a wrestler in the mid, like, mid-2000s yes. named Mordecai. It was, like, the anti-undertaker. Yeah. I remember it. It was all white instead of all black. Yeah, that's it was weird. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, but no, that was yeah, that was uh, that was a hell of a game. I mean, Sam Ailing, Sam Ailing, I, I, I can never get his name right. Um, the Texas quarterback, man, that kid showed some some guts. He showed some mixing. Like he played out of his mind. He just that interception he threw down at the end of the game. Man, I still like there was people being Cowboys fan. I follow a lot of people that follow Texas and OU football in the Big Twelve, and. Man, there was people jumping off the bandwagon. I'm like, man, even in his losses, Edward hasn't played that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just young. Yeah. And the team doesn't have C.D. Lamb anymore. Like, we talked about it in the draft. Like, how much better C.D. Lamb made some, like, not saying that those he's quarterbacks weren't good. He's been the last week with but, too. Right. He's been the week in receiving yards in the NFL. FYI. Uh, Shout out to back to when we said going back when Edward the draft, when we were talking about that Henry Rose would be the best or the first wide receiver drafted, but we still thought oh, Lamb was, was the best wide receiver. Lamb was wide, wide receiver one, given, especially given the Jerry situation. Lee, where they were yes. 1A, 1B, yes. and that Ruggs is only going to get drafted because of the Correct. seat. That was what but, we talked about. But, but Rattler also did have, there was a, one of the touchdown passes he had in overtime, and he was, he was running up into the pocket, and just he put just an absolute dime mm-hmm. to, like, just on the money, just that, that, that it was one of those elite, like, Patrick Mahomes-type pass to, touchdown touchdowns. A passes. year... Like, next year, guarantee we're going to be talking about Spencer yeah. Rattler being one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yes. I feel another like another Lincoln Riley gym. Absolutely. Yes, OU is just their, their quarterback U. Right yeah. Uh, the game that wasn't the game of the week that we expected, uh, uh, Miami got absolutely stopped by Clemson. But that just proved, like, and at any time anyone brought up that game, they're like, man, you think, like, this, everybody knows how high on Derek King I've been. Like, you still you high think I should put money on Miami to win, I go, absolutely fucking not. Yeah. There's, it's not a 14-point spread for a reason. Clemson's just right. like a whole different level. It's like, I it's, hope that Miami can win, but I don't think it's And we saw some flashes. We saw right. some plays. I mean, there was that scramble that the Air King had an amazing run, but in the same fact, it was one run. It was one run. And his stat line game the day was pretty bad because he couldn't get the things he needed. He was, he was he was couldn't get open. His running backs couldn't get into open space. They, and then they, they just dropped the ball when he threw it. What what makes King so effective is when him and Ron Harris or Cameron Harris can both get the run game. Yeah, they make each other better, and they couldn't do that. That Clemson team is still stacked, and I wanted to touch on because I brought it up to Ty multiple times, but we could be seeing Trevor Lawrence. I think establish himself as the Heisman. Oh, I agree. Uh, and we could be seeing the greatest quarterback of our lifetime. College. And college quarterback. Mm-hmm. And what he's accomplished so far, he's won a national title as a freshman. Duncan, who's your number two? My, my number two, Heisman? Yeah, I mean, I uh, right now, he's won, won a national title. He's 30 and 1 as a starter. His one loss is to what? I called what Ty's called, I know, at times. I know you have considered one of the greatest college football teams of all time, LSU. It's the only team he's lost to in his career. Joe Burrow. 
He could win the Heisman this year and another national title. Find me a that, guy with a better resume. That would make him the best. I will say at this point in time, I think the best college quarterback of all time is still Tebow. Um, you look at he was a backup Heisman, on two national titles. He was a backup on one national. But title. he was also a difference maker. And he lost five games in his Heisman. Yeah, his Heisman year. So this is fair. This lost is fair. Lost to Michigan in a bowl game. But when you look at, I mean, I'm I'm just talking about the accolades, you know, and that's where he's. If if who do you finishes the year with a Heisman and national title? Tebow second. Oh no no I, no that's what I'm saying at uh, this point in time, but yeah. with the season not being over yet, right? Uh, I would put him. I would say Tebow is the most decorated, uh, most accomplished, most accomplished college quarterback over a career. Weiner. Yeah, mine was Weiner's better. And mine was mine was Mitch. I mean, but you also got one of those titles taken away. Right. And now, I mean, I because Steve Young got the title at the end because I think Steve Young was a great coach. Person. Steve Young didn't win a bunch No. Vince never, never won a Heisman, never won any No. But he won one national title. He, was one he should have won the Heisman. Yeah. That was the that most Heisman. But, yeah. And that was because what Vince Young did that year was was insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, that national title game is still, I think we've talked about it before, probably the most exciting college football game ever. And that's part of the reason why I mentioned that earlier. But it's sure. because it was a liner. Bush. Yeah. Vince Young. <clears throat> sure. Uh, yeah, he's right up there. I'd still, I mean, I'd still take one. He didn't, and Baker didn't want a national title. If you if you just go pure accolades, pure hardware, Baker is one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. But he, he just did finals three times pass. and won one. Yeah. yeah. And made two playoffs. He made playoffs all three years, I think. But then you also talk about like John Gonzalez and stuff like that. No, it was too. Never mind. Because yeah, no, then they did another prior and they did this the first year. Yeah, the it's Pac-12 been four out of five. Made, it's been four. The Pac-12 made, made it with Oregon yeah. instead of the, yeah. Uh, and played one of the best playoff games overall. We took Georgia to overtime loss. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah, those guys have to be right up there. But overall, it, it would be it would be Trevor Lawrence. Like Trevor Lawrence, if he finished by heads by ahead. I think I counted. Yeah, he has potentially. He would have if he went all the way to the national title and won. He would. That's nine more wins. So thirty nine and one. With your one loss to being one of the greatest yeah. individual teams in the history. Right. And he would most likely beaten Fields twice, uh, lost to Burrow, and beat Derrick King if he's right up there. Derrick King could still be right just, there. And let's just come, out right, come right yeah, out of the How many players on the LSU team were drafted in the first round? At least four. Uh, I think it was Burrow, 14, Jefferson, 14 players Hilaire. overall drafted, but... Hilaire, Jefferson, Hilaire, uh, Burrow, Clavion. Four. Drafted in the first round, right? Clavion. Clavion, Burrow, Jefferson, and Hilaire. Right? Is it just four? I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the record. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's at least four. Yeah, I know the offensive line went first. You know, and the linebackers. Yeah, I think it's right four. Yeah. Um, uh, can you go first round? Ooh, we, we did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so five. five. Yep. Yeah. Queen was five. Queen. Yeah, yeah, Queen. Yeah, he was yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. straight back up to get him. Yeah. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Five first rounders, 14 players taken overall. Yeah. And in those positions, I mean, you have your edge rusher, you have your linebacker, you quarterback on defense, you have your Because there's players off that team that are going to be taking first round this year. Right. Like, LSU still has talent that will go first round. Yeah. 
Like it's just like that 2001 Miami Hurricanes team that ended up having, I think it was 25 players drafted in the first round over four years. Jeez, that's insane. Did, I mean, that was really matched. You said there was what, 14 players drafted? 14 overall, yeah. 14 overall drafted, five in the first round. Just, just right, ruminating on that. The most, and it's the most players drafted yeah. in one draft by one team. Almost a and third of the players drafted were drafted in the first round. Yeah. perfect storm for last year. Woo, right. Sorry. Yeah. Team was about that. Of course, yeah. I mean, so, uh, so you also lost both their core players. I mean, that, that right. can't be right. I, yeah. I can't expose. So I was just talking to someone that how ironic is it that one of the coordinators joined Rule in Carolina and, and the, the other one placed in the same Yeah. 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 So, like, I thought about that the other that day. Weird. Like, that's a, yeah, that's a weird thing. We were just we were talking about the terrible I don't know if you guys watched the Baylor versus West Virginia game this week. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched. Uh, and I was like, man, who, who replaced Rule at at uh, Baylor, and he's like, oh, so LSU guy. I'm like, no, the LSU guy went with it. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no the new coordinator. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, um, yeah, one of the worst games I've ever watched. The, yeah. uh, West Virginia's quarterback turned the ball over four times in the first half, and Baylor could only capitalize on one of those turnovers. It was seven to nothing forever. It was That's awful. awful. It was terrible. Big 12 defense, baby. That's Wait, that's just Big 12. Grab the offense in that case. Bad offensive line play overall. That's what was causing the turnovers. It was crazy. It was, uh, I, I would just like to say that K-State has uh, is tied for first in the Big 12 right now. 3-0 after a little, with the Iowa State. No, Deuce Vaughn. And, uh, yeah, Deuce Vaughn. I, and I, I'm going to be real quick about it because we unfortunately lost Skyward Thompson for the season after that. That's the real rough hit he took last week against Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, we beat TCU on the road this weekend. And what was a pretty tough game, but again, yeah, Deuce Vaughn had his plays and he showed up. And this kid continues to look like a star. So K-State had to start for this first career start, Will Howard, a true freshman. And uh, <laughs> Howard, he looked like a guy making his first career start. Like he made plenty of mistakes, not play well. Yeah. And so down the stretch, we're, K-State is up 21-14. And it's just over two minutes to go. And they get second and one. Big play by Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn turned, it was literally three, he was back three yards, like three guys on him, and somehow he turned it into a, a nine-yard game. Right. Like this kid just plays, he's just, he's, he's little, but he's, he plays with a ton of heart and determination. And it's, I'm so excited to watch him. I can't wait to watch a good running game next year. Oh, man, I really can. His leg. The amount of good running backs he has had. So I went, I went back to that game just because uh, I obviously we all love the Colts prospects. That is, that is part of the reason why we're all sitting at this table yeah. together right. is how much we love and focus on the college prospects. Right. I went back and watched a lot of tape on ball, and oh my god, I'm in love with that player. That player, yes, he's small, but his leverage and his technique is borderline from what I've seen, and I don't want to speak. Way too much praise on him. Um, honestly, he's been one, been one of the best like technique driven running backs that I've seen from uh, honestly a while back before his injury, Henry Joseph um, from Mizzou. But that kid can a he's very fast. B he knows how to hit the receivers and win run without shifting. He might be one of the best running backs I've seen at that like shifting his speed back since Jamal Charles. I don't want to get too. Too forward with that, maybe there are scrolls or all that stuff, but in the same fact, he is pure speed from start to finish. Is he, 
he has to be a track tracker for it because he doesn't take time to warm up like some running backs where it's like they had a couple plotting steps and they just burst. He literally, like Jamal Charles, the second he touches the ball, he's at top speed. And what if I told you that the player that we were talking about last week that's redshirting is faster? No way. That's supposedly better. He runs a legit for Chris Klein has been doing the work at running back. And on the offense, starting to So that is insane because that kid, I, like I said, I watched his tape. He's in, because every game now you are seeing the, the Fox crew compare it. They put up you know, uh, videos of Darren Sproles and they're comparing the Sproles. And the thing is, is it's not far-fetched. It's not remotely far-fetched. And Vaughn made one of the biggest plays in the game, and it was when K-State was trying to run out the clock near the end of the game. And Will Howard, again, he did not have, he, I think he was under 50% completion percentage for the game. He just, he, he looked like a true freshman. And, uh, but he had a throw, and he just kind of tossed it when he was trying to escape a, a pass rusher. And it literally just was over the fingertips of the defender. And who's there to catch it 20 yards downfield? Deuce Vaughn. Um, but anyway, the play... The play that I want to get to is second and one, and K-State calls a timeout. And it's uh, with, I think it's, it's right around two minutes, I can't remember if it was over and under, and uh, um, K-State calls a timeout. TCU has all three timeouts. The Fox crew is all over Chris Kleiman for calling this timeout. Like, why are you doing a favor for TCU? I, on the other hand, completely got it. I was like, okay, say we don't get second and one. That's third and one. You force TCU to call a timeout. Then you get... Get it, and all of a sudden TC screwed because you have a first down and they only have two timeouts. Right. It's under two minutes. I think it was like a minute and a half at that point. And uh, so we don't get the first down. It's third and one. And you could see it was almost like it was kind of Will Howard trying to go forward gets the ball, get the first down. It almost looked like we were conceding it so we could go to third down, force it, and call something. That's what happens. They draw up a play, fake handoff to Vaughn, and then Will Howard takes off running outside. This kid has nothing but green in front of him. On third and one, and I'm sitting there watching, and it's like, that's game, baby. Yeah. Turf moss. Have you seen the replay? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, I remember watching it. Like my heart sank for that kid because yeah. can you? I can just. I thought of what was going through his head. Is just like I, I got, got this. Me. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then TCU had the worst clock management I've ever seen in my life. Oh, absolutely. And so it didn't matter. Yeah. Right. And uh, case, like, in case they tried oh. to do him a favor, when Wyatt Hubert was like, "Oh, you're Hail Mary here." Yep. We're going to come and, and hit you with the – he did. It wasn't targeting, but it was definitely roughing the passer. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, oh, sure, let's just give him another chance. The ending of that game was mad. I just I was watching it with a bunch of K-State fans. It was like, oh, my God. They're getting another this. shot at this? Like, this game should be over. Like, it was I was unreal. beside myself. But, yeah, it was. They, they pulled out the win. They're three now. Jumped to 22 in the coach's poll. So, K-State is winning. <laughs> Uh, so, does, SEC, uh, does the Big 12 have the chance no. to make the play? No. Unless Oklahoma State wins out, no. That's and I don't see it. And I don't the two see teams that are leading that aren't undefeated, Iowa State and Kansas State, have bad, bad. Yes. And, and in hindsight, a lot, I think the reason K-State did jump up to 22 is because I think a lot of the national pollsters are like, K-State, that, they, that was a crap situation with Arkansas State. And I think a lot of people are kind of, they're not giving them, giving them a freebie on that necessarily, but I think they're giving them some leniency when it comes to the rankings. But when it comes down to college football playoff, that's not going to happen. Point out, why is Iowa State getting so much more leniency with, than you guys do? Well, I don't they know. lost to a worse team. They're getting more credit for beating and, OU than we are. And we beat OU when right. they were a top five team. Right. right. And in their past, let alone. 
I shouldn't say the worst team. I guess Louisiana is ranked. But now Louisiana, with the same record, and a head-to-head win, is one spot behind Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Like, I... And all, it's all because they, they were like, well, Iowa State, you know, they, they, they knocked off Oklahoma. And it's like, we went into That's their house and beat them anymore. when they were number three. Is that even a good win anymore? No. I mean, after beating, Ta- after beating Texas, Oklahoma probably jumps back up in the top 25. Right. But, but, but they still have two losses. What, seven games in the season? Or five games five in the season. Five games in the season. Yeah. Like, and then TCU was another one that was considered a good win. You can't discredit. You can't discredit the K State loss and then credit. No, no, because that TCU beat Texas. That's what I'm saying. TCU beat Texas last week, so they. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's just a. Just everybody's beating up on everybody. Touchdown, Ryan Tannehill. Except for K K State has KU and West Virginia. Because they lost to Iowa State, Texas, and you guys. TCU's lost. I'm pretty sure. No, no, TCU beat Texas. Tech lost to Texas, and TCU beat them next week. Correct. Um, that said, uh, sorry, we're going back to what we were, we were talking about the ACC. Uh, UNC is now the, I think, the only other undefeated Same team. And Powell. And, man, they had a fun, another fun game this mm-hmm. last year. Another shootout. Virginia Tech, yeah. We've seen a lot of that in football in general. A Vautech team missing, like, 20 players or something like that? Something 19, like I think. That, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. They put up 56 on them. Vautech put up. 45. It was never really within reach for Virginia Tech. Every time they scored, put it within a score, they went right back yep. down the field and scored. But do you think that UNC can potentially give Clemson a run for their money in a head to head matchup? Me neither. Uh, nope. We didn't do it. It might be entertaining early. Aaron, yeah. 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 Aaron and I were already talking even off camera earlier about Miami beating UNC. Like, I. I think Miami is the best, second best team. I think Miami is still legit defensive talent away from being back. Right. Like, King is a great story that's going to help him with recruiting a lot, especially with athletic quarterbacks in the state of Florida. If, if Miami had that elite pass rusher, I think that they would be. Yeah, or maybe maybe, that, maybe that's an elite ranging linebacker. Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, because they've got an elite also, secondary. Watching that game, one thing I absolutely love to see was Ed Reed. On the sideline, yes. like him being the president of football operations for the University of Miami, oh, that alone wow. should get them some great. That's a, that's absolutely, a fun, that's a fun first half. Zero to fourteen for Buffalo whenever they allow seventy points in the first half. Fourteen and one since twenty fifteen. Whenever well, they score seventy points. Sorry, man. Um, I hope uh, yeah, I think next week, next week I really want to uh, go over. Previewing the Big Ten since it'll be yeah. a few days before it starts because there's oh, a lot yeah, of good it. talent there, especially when we go over, over the draftable talent. Uh, quarterbacks, yeah, it's going to be a great yes. quarterback league for the next few years. Uh, we have Tiger Viola in that league. We have league. We have uh, Justin Fields, uh, Spencer Petrus. Oh man, we can talk about drafts. Uh, actually, Wisconsin's quarterback is out. I just saw the other day. Cohen mm-hmm. is. In, got injured in practice. He's going to be out, and so the kid from, from, Kansas, from City Kansas City up is probably going to be the starter. Nice. It was as the was uh, U.S. Army All American game record for touchdowns in half. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, lots of quarterbacks to go over, uh, especially the Michigan kid who I think is going to be really good. I do this. Uh, do you just? I, I just have to bring up how, sh- and I brought. I mentioned this in our group chat. How god awful the SEC defenses were this week. 
Yeah. No. And so, because yeah. while that Miami, Miami gave up while the Miami Clemson game was going on, I was I was flipping back and forth and mostly watching the yeah. Ole Miss Miami game because that was that the, was such an entertaining after the first quarter I was mainly watching that. And the yeah. Ole Miss Ole Miss was was putting up numbers on on Bama's defense that like Nick Saban literally came out after the game was like I don't know it seemed like they might have had our signals and th- that wasn't him just like making a joke like he straight up thinks that somehow Lane Kiffin knew his signals. And it was on his staff. I'm but sure if you haven't changed your signals before change your former mind. coordinator comes <laughs> to face you with another that. SEC team, then you're an idiot. But um, the, that was an entertaining game. But I, I sent, I think I saw them, and I went through and looked at the scoreboard of all the SEC teams. And I, it was 10 out of the 14 defenses in that conference gave up at least 28. Mm-hmm. And I think after the after the Bama Ole Miss game, seven gave up for 40. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> call yourself. The, the most elite defensive conference when you're doing shit like that on the weekend. So that actually brings me to the final point, or final thing I want to talk about. The only marquee matchup this weekend is George Bama, three versus two. Oof, let's do this. Uh, probably got Bama. Um, Georgia just always seems to come short against Bama. Uh, Saban doesn't lose to his former assistants ever. Like, literally, has never. Um, I do like the dogs, though. I like the dogs, maybe the cover. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I'm taking Bama head to overall. Um, I do like their receiver talent. Stupid. Still. And Georgia has two receivers. They're still. Oh, Waddle is. Waddle. Uh, Waddle came up with so many. Smith. Both of them had great games. Uh, there's, there's another one. Uh, there's another one that's named as TV. But yeah, they're stacked up. That's ridiculous. Um, I, think, I think Bama pulls that off. I, mean, I think they're going to kind of. To make a statement um, as well, yeah. And so I think you know Georgia played Tennessee very well last weekend. Um, you know it was kind of a rough. Tennessee I think had a lead, lead at halftime, and, or maybe it was tied. I think in Richmond. Tiny bladder boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think I think Georgia just. Says I had a tinkle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I said I think I honestly think that the only team. In the SEC this year, that if you get them in a shootout against Bama, can actually beat them, is Florida. I think Florida, Florida has the quarterback. They have receiver talent to do it. Um, don't I guess I, I actually contradict them. There was one other team, uh, Texas A&M. If they play like a perfect game, could get in a shootout with Bama and beat them. Kellen Mond is better than more people give him credit for, and I mean. They proved that they could play with Florida. It was mm-hmm. a team that I thought was going to go undefeated until they played Bama. And Jimbo Fisher's uh, definitely an offensive guy. Yeah. That's, you know, he's, he's a guy that can figure out how to. And again, the, the Bama defense is vulnerable. Yep. I mean, they don't have, they don't have the, the, the playmakers that they're used to. And yeah, so they've got some positions like their, their linebackers are still really good. Well, and their corners are too. But sure. they got, I mean, they got exposed in that, that, that running game by Ole Miss. I mean, yeah. they're. That the, the Snoop, uh, oh, oh, I know, it's running back. I know, yeah, I love that. Snoop, Snoop Carson or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Um, right. Man, he played out of his mind. That's yeah. such an excellent game. Yeah. And I really liked the Ole Miss quarterback, too. Uh, uh, is that Coral still? Corral, yeah. Okay. I just I kept saying Corral because I was like, I mean, he's, I don't know. they can't Corral, Corral. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't say it, I would have. You're right. Uh, what? <laughs> The old Miss quarterback's last corral. Yeah. Can't corral. Can't corral. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game this week. Uh, I'm excited. 
yeah, I, I don't see, like I said, anyone other than Florida, maybe Texas A&M playing their best game that can take down the Oh, man. Uh, and I don't think Florida plays them in the regular season, so it'd have to be in the ACC title game, which would mean that Florida would have to get five to the team. And Florida's uh, got some uh, issues they, going on they, right now. So, yeah, completely blind to that, even though it just happened two yeah. hours ago. Yeah, completely blind um, this week because of a positive COVID test. It was like, what, plus five? Yeah, but that, it doesn't, it? yeah, five more tests, so six positive tests in two weeks. And uh, they, can, they can still play technically this weekend as long as, like, as long as they keep, if they're in their tests coming up, they don't have more. As long as they have 53 players that test negative. I did see that you have to have a certain amount of offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I don't know why they missed one quarterback, and there's one other position they have to have. One center. Well, it was seven offensive linemen. Yeah, and at least one of them has to be a center. Seven offensive linemen, four defensive linemen, a quarterback, and there's one other position. Line up the left tackle, it's center. It's no, I can't remember. Tackle the center. Ooh, Josh Allen, <laughs> not... And they're, the Titans are poking some holes in Josh Allen, 10 and 21 and a half. That looks like the old Josh Allen. They were a good defensive team last year, I mean. Oh, yeah. But Josh Allen's also taking care of business so far this year. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. There's an entire second half. We'll see. Half. We'll see. Well, the statistics at the half don't favor us. So, against me. So, uh, last week we brought up that every week we're going to do a uh, die on a hill segment. And mm-hmm. Last week it was uh, Thomas Diana Hill defending the fact that the uh, biggest gap in, or biggest difference, the biggest gap between collegiate and yeah, pro is college basketball. Yeah, it's basketball in general. Well, yeah, he, those poor rooms. Those poor rooms, <laughs> yes, which I was ecstatic about. I've been the table in this town that loves college basketball, which is understandable, college basketball all day. Or not Hall of Fame, the, the um, college basketball experience yeah. is in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, the, not the Hall of Fame, or not Hall of Fame, but the uh, headquarters used to be. Yeah, yeah. Moved Indy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's called it's college football. Uh, I can't talk now. Happens uh, once a show. Multiple mm-hmm. uh, uh, Yeah, I agree with him. This week is my Diana Hill, Duncan, and Ty have both heard it before. Given the fact that they've won their twelfth. NBA title this week. I will pound the table and die on a hill saying that the Los Angeles Lakers do not get to claim the five titles won in Minneapolis. Why? Because they're the Minneapolis Lakers. No, not just that. If you are going to move your franchise to another town, because we, we've seen in the NFL the Los Angeles Los Angeles, Oakland, yeah. now Vegas, Raiders. Uh, yes, they the get to Ravens. claim the, the Ravens. Well, that's still Ravens not. Colts, like that. Well, the Ravens no, moved the, from the, Cleveland, the, so that's actually on my plane. Where that was what I was going to say. They cities, yeah. and they don't recognize that. It, like, they don't get to claim the Browns' 1950 titles before the merger gotcha. and all that. Like, And they don't because they don't honor those players because they're not their players. Especially because there was sorry, there was also the point that the, they they when they moved the NFL immediately said we will put another franchise in yeah, Cleveland. Right. So that was the plan from the and basically it, NBA did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They put a franchise back in Minnesota. Yep. 
Anyways, so the best player from those five title teams was George Michael. Fun fact, George Michael was was the player of the half decade for the NBA. He was the best player of a generation. He won five titles before the Russell Celtics won 11. First straight state man in the history of the game. Correct. The Los Angeles Lakers do not retire his number, even though he's won the same amount of titles as Kobe and Magic, and won less than... They, up until the second Kobe dynasty, didn't even acknowledge that they that those titles existed. In two, you can I can bring up the audio for anyone who wants wants it linked. In the 2000 season or 2001 season, after the Lakers won their first championship of the Kobe Shaq era, the announcer, PA announcer for the Lakers, can be heard saying. Your seven-time NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Also, the league, the Bus family, didn't like to. Uh, the reason why they didn't uh, pay homage to George Mikan was because Mikan became the commissioner of the ABA when it was founded. So he was basically blackballed by the league and the Bus family being recognized by the NBA because he was the, the commissioner of the league that they eventually merged with or absorbed. That's, that is my value. You don't get to end. The Lakers just said that Rondo, Rajon Rondo, was the first Celtic Laker to win a title for both teams. That's not true if you're going to claim the Micron Championships. There's a player... I should have wrote down his name. I was going to look it up for the show. Forgot to. But he was on... You're the, I am great with names. It's, it's a throwaway player. That's, he's not a Hall of Famer or anything. But he did win a title with the Mike on Lakers. And went to the Celtics and won with the early uh, Bill Russell teams. You cannot say that Rondo was the first Lakers Celtic to win for both teams if you're recognizing those championships. Period. Also, OKC does not claim Seattle Supersonics championships. I was I was so. gonna say, like, I I think yeah. there's a number number of things like that. You know do, do the do the Los Angeles Rams still get to claim the St. Louis Super Bowl title? Yes, same ownership. Okay, okay. I would just say that's I was thinking the, the Lakers changed ownership and that's why they moved. And I was I mean, I was gonna say, given that the fact that they've only recently Claimed, I will. I completely Same agree. Franchise. They do not. They pay homage to those players. Yeah. They still bring in Kurt Warner, and they still bring in Marshall Paul, Torrey Holt. Yes. I so same, Bruce. same. Okay, that, that's, that's entirely fair. fair. You cannot ignore that these players exist. Yeah. And claim their titles. Yeah. That's not. That's not kosher. There's and proof then, that they just like on a whim. Like I said, I told you know, Ty for the show. It's literally like once they won. The three beat, and then Kobe won his next one. They were all of a sudden like, "Guys, if we win two more, we won the same amount as the Celtics. If we recognize these championships that we never recognized before." And of course, they're going to play off just like that's we're 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 paying homage to the heritage, to the to the traditions, to the origins of this team. Yes, when that's so the Lakers winning their twelfth title. That's my diamond. You know what? I yeah, I completely. They are not. I agree with that. They are five. I mean, they don't, yeah. 
Right. Q that, that is it. <laughs> that is my Diana Hill. I've been pounding the table for it for a while. You guys know. Oh, you thought we were done. Yeah, I thought we were done. Suddenly. So, all right. Then I get to. Yeah, I want to talk baseball. Uh, I yeah, actually, I don't want to talk baseball because every time I endorse a team, uh, they lose hilariously. So I am not endorsing the team that is currently playing. Houston Astros. I am not endorsing this team to win. Um, I don't know who's who they are. Um, they are not. Uh, Astros might be down too, but the Astros, I'm not endorsing that team. Not Why don't you just come out and endorse the Astros? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, the Astros. Uh, come back, come back, Kings. Um, they got this. <laughs> Go race. <laughs> Yeah, go Raves. Go Raves, and you're already up 2-0. Just finish it. Don't choke. Yes. Don't freaking choke. Raves up 1-0 against the Dodgers. Dodgers' plans completely got blown up when they went out and sent uh, Walker Buehler out in game one. That was their strategy. Clayton Kershaw late in the game got pulled, or late before, late before the start today, got pulled from today's start. Uh, Raves immediately went up early. And so, yeah, this, this whole I, – I, I call Dodgers-Yankees – Obviously, Rays took care of the Yankees, and now the Dodgers look like they might be imploding in front of us all over again without even reaching the World Series this time. Dodgers choking in the playoffs? That's never happened. And you already took care of the Padres, the upstart Padres. And now, just, man, you're. Go Braves! Like, I've always had a regular respect for that franchise. I mean, they were a lot of fun to watch in the 90s. You know, the Maddox Rabbit. I love to see the Braves Rays. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. World Series, but because Ty... I'm not endorsing the team. <laughs> I'm endorsing the Houston Astros. Uh, have fun seeing the Houston Astros in the next round, because they are... Going to win it. How can I make an asterisk out of my fingers here? Yeah, asterisk. Asterisk. They are as- at risk? Mm-hmm. The asterisk Astros. They are at risk of coming back. Asterisk. Yeah, asterisk. I hope they make the World Series that the first pitch is a beam against the Astros. Like, oh, Astros. Is that terrible? <laughs> yeah, no. no. Well, we saw this <laughs> one game where the pitcher put up the signal. I don't remember, even remember which Astros pitcher it was, but he literally put up the signal of like, what he and the catcher did, and then immediately gave up a home run in one of their games. I saw that. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> You're telling them, like, yeah, if I know the signal, right here. But, yeah, anyways, they want to touch, like, the Lakers championship. It, it was the end of a fun, fun playoffs, man. Oh, I will was great. always remember the bubble playoffs. giving us some of the... It definitely didn't go out with the Yeah, but it was going to... Once there was the injuries in game one, I knew it was... They were... Yeah, like... Jimmy put on, even losing in six games, one of the most impressive finals performances by one player. He just ran out of gas, man. And he was doing it on his own. Game five, man. Game five. There's there's a lot of people that legitimately think that Giannis is going to be in in Miami next year, which would be freaking scary. I honestly don't think that that It's never where you think a player's going to go. Golden State. Golden State. (laughs) I've also heard Clippers potentially. We've talked about. Yeah, the Clippers actually like can put, a, put together a package to trade. I don't see with, with Golden State coming back next year. Clippers are going to make some moves to strengthen. I don't see the Lakers repeating. I'm just going to say that right now. I, yeah, I, 
I mean, yeah, LeBron and Anthony Davis, but LeBron's going to be 36 next season. He's a horse. He's one of the most freak athletes to ever play. But Anthony Davis was non-committal to resigning. Resigning. After winning. He said, well, he's opting out for the money. He's, I'm not saying he won't be there, but there's been rumors for a year now that he wants to go to his hometown of Chicago and be the guy there. He got his title in L.A. He can go be the guy in his hometown. He's got a title. Yeah. Like, there. I, I don't think it'll happen because Chicago has a long ways talent-wise to get there, but, man, that would be a story. Someone, someone winning a title with LeBron would just be like, who's this? But, dude, he, like, in, in Chicago, he would have a better core around him than he had in New Orleans other than maybe oh, a year sure. or two. For sure. So if you had a superstar like that, is Chicago really that far off in the East at that point? No, I mean, and they have a top four pick this year. Yeah. I mean, like, they he, can add like, he's a guy that he can play well with the Lori market Play well with Zach Levine, Wendell Carter, um, Wendell Carter. Like that team could be scary yeah. with with, uh, with Anthony Davis. Oh, it Please do it. Like I, I would love. It. I and I, I'm, I'm just having grown up in the '90s and the Jordan Bulls. There is still just that 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 thing in my my mind where it's like it's trained just to gravitate to that Chicago uniform. I will always like the Bulls, and I will always want to see them successful. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of opposite. I always like kind of root against them. Well, I wanted to watch. <laughs> but of course, I didn't have a team. The story of, your son, of, of a player's career, if they brought the Bulls and the Lakers a championship, like, that's a Lake. That's, that's a Lake. That's a Lake. Like, mm-hmm. that's insane. But, Especially because the Chicago plays it out. You right. Know, like, he, he plays doesn't out go right away. Like, yeah. He goes to Chicago, plays it out, brings right. that team. This is for my hometown. Right. That's a good Lake team. Right. Just like the Derrick Rose Rose wanted to do it, but it's a lot easier for a big man to win a title than and that one of the that's one of the most tragic things of basketball over the last decade is is Derrick Rose's body fame. Because that guy Derrick Rose would have He was so much fun to watch. And he still is. What he was doing with Carlos Boozer and Noah Noah is second and third best player or Blue Al Dang, I guess, Mm -hmm. is second best player. Then Noah third. However, you want to stack them. A bunch of guys who were okay. They're good, go okay. But Boozer yeah, was an offensive force, but that was about it. But not really in Chicago. No, he no was it was way more in Utah. Utah. Yeah, like, yeah. He was more like, honestly, he was big light in Chicago. True. Uh, Chicago fans were mostly more offense from him. For sure. Yeah, they brought him in to be that third scorer that actually like was the Bosch of basically of their group, and yeah. he never really looked up to it. But, yeah. NBA is going to be fun. We get about a three-month break from what I'm hearing. Yeah, early January or something like that, mid-January. Yep. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, Like I said, next week we will be previewing the Big Ten. We'll give you all the NFL. Mm -hmm. We can give you definitely give you some prospects for as far as NFL uh, top prospects to watch for the Big Ten. Believe me, there are a lot. There's still a lot of talent in the Big Ten. I hope to be talking about the Chiefs, hopefully taking care of business against the Bills, and we'll see me back in Chiefs gear in a much better mood. And you might get a Bills revenge game. <laughs> I'd be more concerned about Chiefs getting revenge than the Bills getting revenge. <laughs> how, how appropriate, though, if both teams lose going. Yeah. Oh, man. Battle with one last team. <laughs> then maybe. both have something to prove. Yeah. be fun. But thanks for tuning in. I'll still see you next time.
it's me, your cousin, from Boston. I'm on the radio doing ads for Sam Adams. Now I'll be known as the Sam Adams guy instead of the dude who fell in the quarry. <clears throat> Sam Adams Boston Lager is crisp and refreshing, which is why I bring a six-pack wherever I go, except the movies anymore. Sam Adams from Boston with love. Here's a legal pot. Watch how fast I can read. The Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Drink responsibly. Now, is that 30 seconds? Are we even close? We all know that the only way to top the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew is with velvety new sweet cold foam from Dunkin'. But how do you top that? With an exclusive offer for DD Perks members. Get a medium chocolate stout cold brew with sweet cold foam, cold brew with sweet cold foam, or cold brew for $3. It's the perfect deal to top off the perfect top to the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew. Doesn't that sound great? Not a DD Perks member? Join today via the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.